You're listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of the AntsMarching.org podcast. Uh, as always, I am Matt, and I'm here with Jake and Joe. Jake, how are you tonight? I am a little bit cold, thank you, but other than that, I'm okay. And Joe, how are you? Considering it's probably 30 degrees colder where I am than where Jake is, I think I'm the one that can say I'm a little bit cold. And it's 60 degrees here outside Seattle, so it's about as warm as it's been all year, certainly, but uh, in a couple months, actually. You're sweating, though. Why, why are you sweating? You know, the post-workout shower, didn't, it wasn't long enough. I, I didn't take a Joe M. Uh, Maybelline shower. Uh, I took a real quick rinse off, so I didn't cool down. <laughs> Oh, geez. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Be honest, Joe. Be honest. What do you want me to be honest about? I don't about? care what, what beer you're drinking. What what designer shirt are you wearing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I will say the shirt that I'm wearing uh, has buttons on it. Yeah? Yep. Are there pleats? I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, we'll have to look. No, there's no pleats. Okay. Okay. Joe, do you think the quickest shower you've ever taken in your life was seven minutes? I don't think that's I don't think that's a shower. I think that so, you like something got wet on you, and you have to dry off that one spot that got wet. I don't think that's a, that's, a, that's not a shower. That's Joe running to the car when it's <laughs> raining. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so uh, what what are what are you fellas drinking tonight? Jake. Um, I'm going back to um, the local stuff again, and I was over at uh, Red Cypress on Saturday, and I picked up their Devil's Chair, which I believe I had from the very first podcast. That is the IPA that is 6.66%. Get it? See what they did there? Because it's Devil. It's got the 666. Nice. Get it? Got but it. But it's a, it's a fantastic IPA, and I filled up my growler and took it home, and I still have a little bit left, so I'm enjoying a delicious IPA. All right, here's mine. Let's see if you can tell by the sound. Oh, I can. That is a stout. Mickey's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm back on the same as as last podcast. Dreaming tree, cab staff. Matt, uh, what do you got? Uh, well, I if the periscopers can certainly already see what I'm what I'm working with here. But uh, for those not watching, uh, I had a long day yesterday, and um, believe it or not, I had lost a number of pounds over the course of like two weeks. I kid you not, from yesterday morning to tonight, all of it, all of it back. My body my go. body just reacted and said that was real dumb. So I'm going with uh, the silver bullet. The mountains are blue. I've got a Coors Light. I can actually tell that they're blue on the podcast. There it is. Yeah. It's pretty do, you know why do you know why they're blue? Because they're sad. <laughs> no, the Colorado is not sitting. No, not not today. Denver's celebrating right now. This is there this is go. very true. That's very appropriate. We also we also had an ants poll. Now I made a mistake on Twitter saying uh, allowing twenty four hours of voting. <laughs> so I'm guessing that there were some front runners after the after the result came down, uh, pounding on that vote button. But we'll try it anyway. So okay, so fifty six percent of people. Uh, picked the Broncos winning the Super Bowl. There was right after uh, we posted the poll, it was tied neck and neck, fifty percent for a good good while. So, I will say that I voted after the game, but wow. I voted with the team that I wanted before the game, which was Denver. Obviously, that I'm guessing. Yes, it was very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so I, I didn't. I didn't vote, but yeah, I took Denver also in our, in our little family pool, which I won for the third year in a row. 
very proud nothing, to beat my three like, kids. Yeah, I was going to say, nothing like beating your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Do that all the time anyway. Quite literally. That'll learn them. So um, what, what we're concerned about here, not so much the festivities from last night, but from earlier this week, the show at Pier 70. Um, <clears throat> what As of a couple days ago, Tour Central said um, about 65 ants attended. So we had a, a decent contingent. There, was a way, there were way more than 65. Yeah. Like, I think I got text messages from 65. <laughs> it's because you're the mayor. But, uh, Jake... <laughs> and I also think there are probably... 66 periscopes going on during the show yeah. so another and there was a mass amount of periscopes going yeah, on. now tour central says 110 so a few more people have gotten on there and and uh, updated their stats so jake what, what was the general consensus that you picked up on um of the show well i i thought the show was pretty good actually and i i know that there was a couple of people on twitter that were sort of poo-pooing it but i mean that's a pretty good show i thought uh the the warehouse intro um the warehouse opener rather in a warehouse is kind of neat i thought the show was, was pretty well done and we'll get into that uh, the intro in a little bit but i thought the show overall was actually really good dave's voice didn't hold up uh tremendously throughout if you hadn't had a chance to download the show you should probably uh go over head over to ants in a second and, and download it it's not, you know, pristine, but but I thought this this show and the set list was fine. I, I rather enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yep. I mean, um, um, I, I mean, I think it was about what we expected for um, set wise. Um, nothing, you know, too out there. I think we probably could have played the set list game on this and all been pretty pretty close. Um, you know, I, I don't think Dave's it was wasn't about Dave's voice not holding up. I think Dave's voice was gone from the very first second. Um, so, I was trying to be nice. Okay. Well, I think I actually think that's that's better. I think that's nicer instead of saying like he he just lost control or lost. He might have been sick then, right? Yeah, and I think he 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 mentioned, "Hey, I got a little frog in my throat." Uh, the second song in or third song in. Um, actually, I think it was you know on satellite. He completely did none of the falsettos um through it um but then i think it was like coming around to like funny the way it is he, he was he was back to screaming so it's kind of weird i guess it was it's more of the intricate falsettos that he would didn't feel confident about that his voice was going to crack or break so i think he just went them the more safe route so i think you know you know you have to take it into perspective it, it was wasn't the best voice but here's what i'll say about it the venue was awesome super intimate I mean, you're right in the band's face, right on top of them. Couldn't have better sound because you're practically in front of the speakers. Um, the, the crowd actually surrounded the round of the stage. So it wasn't just like front front of the stage, uh, all the way down around the sides of the stage. And you're practically, you know, watching the show with the crew on the side. So I think the atmosphere kind of made up for maybe, you know, some of the inconsistencies in Dave's voice. You think it could have? I mean, it's been nearly three months since their last show. Do you think it could have just been cobwebs, some rust? I don't think so. I, I think he just kind of had a cold, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that. I think so. I just think it was a cold too. Well, I good then. It. So, so Jake, uh, this might seem like second nature to some people, but um, it's it's something that, and nevertheless, people were asking about uh, the intro to Warehouse. Kind of had a lot of people wondering what that was. Yeah, and I actually was really surprised by that. I mean, it seems like we had about 
200 questions on Twitter and probably even more on the boards. Um, that, that intro is actually a song. It's a song by Peter Gabriel called uh, Passion. And it's from the movie The Passion of the Christ. You may recall that uh, Martin Scorsese film from the mid to late uh, 1980s, which was a decade way, way back that some of us remember and some of us don't. Um, the song's great. The whole actually soundtrack is great. And Dave actually started playing that with Tim in 1997 in Dave and Tim shows, used it as an intro throughout the entire tour. It's only been played a handful of times, full band. Without looking, I'm going to guess maybe four or five. Oh, and, wow, really? Yeah, and, and the first one was actually in 1993. I, I want to say it was the November 9th, 1993 show, which was actually the last Heathcliff's Haiku Warriors if you were wondering, and you probably were, that was actually a different part of the song. That's not the intro, but he's been using the intro into it. There's a, um, there's a performance from the gorge and it's either Oh six or Oh seven. And I don't know if there's been one since that, that was probably the last full band performance yeah, I'm, of it. I'm looking through it, searching the setlist text for passion. Some Oh three Oh five. Um, I see, 2007 at Piedmont Park. I see. Okay, that would be the that would be the Atlanta show that's yes. actually a DVD release. And and then I've got PNC Park in Pittsburgh from 2010 um, that has a "What You Are" with Passion interpolation. Ooh. So that's a little a little bit there, but yeah, you're right, Jake. 2007 was the last time we saw the warehouse, which struck me as odd that <clears throat> people didn't pick up on it, not because. 2007 wasn't a long time ago because it is. I mean, you've got a whole generation of fans that, that probably missed that that period. But I always figured it pretty common. And I guess I just didn't realize that it had been that long since they, that they'd done it. Yeah, apparently it was, and, and it really threw people off. But it's a, great, it's a great intro, and it really gives a great feel to the song. It really just an emotional, oh, yeah. powerful mood, intro. Mood. It's a mood. Yeah, it, it really is. In. It was really, really good. I'll admit, I didn't recognize it. Um, it's passing, but uh, I mean, oh, it was just so perfect. It's just building, building. It's really funky and and dark, and it just like you said, builds up the mood. Um, I, I loved it. And and Matt, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to make a request that we use it for the pod break. We can do that. So the first upcoming song will will play that absolutely in the intro for sure. Yeah, I think. I think How great would it be if I just cut to the middle of the song, skipped out? <laughs> skipped <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> I would love that. But I, I feel kind of silly that didn't pick up. But warehouse would actually be the opener. Um, I would have thought for sure. I mean, now that now that it happened, and thinking back, like the you know Pier seventy warehouse, you know warehouse would be the perfect opener. Um, made a lot of sense. We threw out a, a quick poll out there to see who could predict the first song of twenty sixteen. And I would say um, there was a handful that picked up on it. wasn't uh, wasn't everybody, um, but uh, congrats to those that picked Warehouse for the first song. And I think we started 2016 Warehouse. The first song is a is a great start. I, I mean, not that Warehouse is an obscure song or rare song at all, but I certainly would have guessed something more conventional. And I I think Warehouse is a little unconventional. I, yeah, I was I would, I, I would have probably if I, not in the thinking mind. I would have put down like a Don't Drink the Water. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that probably was the uh, the consensus online, right? Um, yep, yeah, there was it was there was like a couple forty ones. Um, there's a couple of the ones that are way out there, not realistic. But um, 
Um, definitely, I think there's maybe like uh, four or five people that guest warehouse as the opener. Do, do you see, and I, this is all speculation, right? But do you see uh, this little pre Super Bowl week uh, performance as possible? Dry run slash audition for a main stage Super Bowl performance, which, side note, apparently main stage doesn't mean a whole lot anymore because you get you can be a, one of the biggest biggest bands in the world and you get a two-song medley with some other people who well, like I, to dance with Black Panthers or whatever. Who knows? You have to appeal to the masses. You, ha- you have to. Oh. You, you, it, if those are the masses, just kill me now. No, and by the appeal of the masses is if you go by one band – you appeal to just the audience of that one band. Why not, as from a business perspective, have, you well, know, what's add the, in some country yeah, and some this and try to, get, try to get the most eyeballs for oh. advertisers tuning, staying and not going to watch the Puppy Bowl. Ah, um, doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the ads are already sold. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. If it's Beyonce, I know the, a lot of people the like The price Beyonce. doesn't matter. The ads have been sold at the price. It doesn't move because, oh, you know what? Two people less watch halftime shows, so we're going to pay you less. It doesn't matter. It's no, word they, of mouth. No, they know what they're, how good of a show is going to be there. The, the advertisers want to know what's the draw. Are people going to stick around and watch the halftime show? So when you tell the advertisers, hey, we're going to have three, three, main, art, three main acts, that's more appealing to them than telling them they have one main act. Uh, for the 30-minute 30, 30 show that they don't cut away to ads for? What's the point? The ads leading into and leading out are probably some of the most uh, paid-for ad spots in the Super Bowl. They may be, maybe. So I, 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 I'm surprised you think that one is going to be more marketable than multiples. Well, I, um, I know there's a lot, probably a lot of people listening right now who don't like Coldplay. I do. Yes. I yes. Do, I do. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like. A well, lot we got of somebody on a, on this podcast that doesn't like Coldplay, but I do like Coldplay. But here's the thing: if you need, if you want a big band, there aren't a lot of bands that are much bigger than Coldplay. They're not a medley act. They're not an ensemble act. They're they're a headliner. Yep. And Joe knows and, they're and, way into the technology too. Like at some of their concerts. Yeah, but here's something you got to think about, Matt, and and think about that how this is going to uh, apply to to DMB. Mm-hmm. Coldplay's so big that they brought in two performers from like the last four Super Bowls to draw in a different audience. So they're not that big. Whoa, yeah. who brought them in? Well, was it Coldplay's no, idea? No, it was not Coldplay. Coldplay okay, is well, totally – Coldplay is blessing anything. And I think Coldplay signing up for the deal knows, hey, you're, you're doing some collabs as part of this. It's not just you. There's, they know what they're signing up for. Um so t- I think where Jake's going, and this was a point I was going to bring up too, is look, it's been a long time dream, specifically I think of Carter's out of any of them to play the Super Bowl halftime show, and maybe that's not this, the case anymore. And they, this isn't the first kind of thing they've done with the Super Bowl. Um, down is when I think New Orleans they did, um, you know, a pregame show for that too, and you know, so they they tried to get as close as possible. But the fact of the matter is. The way the Super Bowl is now versus when Carter maybe had that dream um, is very different. And if they're going to be the halftime show, which is a long stretch, they're going to need to be, especially as the main person, they're going to have to bring some major collaboration with them. Maybe it's more likely that they are um, you know, brought on by somebody else. It's probably maybe their easier way of getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really hope that what we saw last night is not a pattern. 
It's that this wasn't the first year. The medley thing? No, not the first year. I, I that, that's been going on for at least a couple, and I, uh, I can't quote everything. But I, it, I mean, they've had they've had guests come in and play, but I mean, essentially, Beyonce sang her own song. Who, who was last and, year? And Bruno Mars sang his own song, and Coldplay left the stage. Who who was it last year? Oops, I don't even freaking remember. Oh, uh-huh. they must have been great. <laughs> I, really, I, I have no idea. I'm trying to think of who it was. Katy Perry. Yep, thank you. Right. And, oh yeah, still, the and, left shark. Right. And the year shark. before was was that uh, Rolling Stones? That was Bruno know. Mars, right? That was the Seahawks yeah, for Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, that chick can dance, man. I'm really impressed by her. I don't even get how you can make fun of Bruno Mars. I mean, but, <laughs> says the guy who doesn't like Coldplay. I mean, come but on, Bruno. Bruno Mars. Oh my God, Bruno Mars has more talent in his freaking toe than Coldplay. Wow. I, and this is honest God's truth. I wow. know one song by Coldplay, and they didn't play it last night. Wow. And I know, I know that Yellow, one song it. by Bruno Mars that's on every commercial in the history of television because <laughs> he's got a deep catalog. So, so going back to the to who that DMB could collaborate with. You know, a lot of the other artists out there in the pop scene, all right, I preface this, and it's not even actually the pop scene, but it's a little bit wider, but on their albums, they have these collaborations, and they lead to these kind of things, you know, these kind of joint performances to pop up from time to time at concerts, at the Super Bowl, at whatever you may be. Um, would you choose to have DMB put out an album with additional collaborations, think you know. I think your first thing will say no, but think like Alanis Morissette. I, I got one. Um, you know, in 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 the hopes that maybe it leads to some more things at shows or chances to participate in well, things like the Super Bowl halftime show. I think a logical one, and he played at a medley at Super Bowl Thirty Seven. The Santana. I think yep. Santana would be a good pairing. Santana would be good. Yep. There's history there, obviously. Yep. Jake, yeah. Jake, are you abstaining? Yeah. I, I just no, picture I'm this good. little kid over there with his arms crossed saying, he made fun of Bruno Mars sitting there pouting. Well, <laughs> he's pouting, yeah. The problem I, is I, Santana's probably not big enough yeah. of a draw. I am, I'm still amazed by this Bruno Mars thing. I am I'm absolutely – if you don't like his music, that's fine. But to say that like the guy doesn't have talent is the most – Recoculous thing I've ever heard in my life. A talent that I could give a hoot about. I don't care if you can gyrate your hips and dance like you're a 14 year old gymnastic girl. I don't care. I don't James. care. It doesn't impress me. So Jake, you don't you're... like James Brown, right? Because because James Brown danced the exact same uh, way. Past my, past my time. Jake, you're arguing with somebody that hasn't heard more than a single Bruno Mars song that's been on a commercial. You're not going to convince And him. I've seen all that I need to see about him. It, it, he's actually very talented, and he has really good music. It, it, it's you're like, getting a bad representation. I mean, that's like saying, like, oh, Lady Gaga sucked because she wears buildings on her head. I mean, the broad or, or, can sing, but, you know, she just dresses like a weirdo. That freaking D, Dave Matthews band, I have to hear that Satellite song again. Oh, I can't stand them. Yeah. It's same. I mean, really, it's the same. It's the same argument almost. It is. People get, people get caught up in things. I it's just the whole Bruno Mars thing just absolutely blows my mind. But I, I spoken like Bruno a guy Mar- with two daughters, and and I'm not going to blame you for that. But let's understand where you're coming. Well, from. Well, that's. I mean, that's the X chromosome. There's really nothing I could do about. I'm not going to blame you for that. Just saying. <laughs> but it's not. It's not like a girls listen to freaking Bruno Mars. My God, you should see the shit they listen to. My. God, like Beyonce and that 
melody less oh, no. boombox crap that was on there last night. Much worse than that. I mean, I would I would kiss Bruno Mars Bruno Mars in the mouth before I had to listen to another bit of that crap. Oh jeez. All right, back to this. Who, uh, from a pop standpoint, from a mainstream audience, would DMB pair well with Coldplay? Uh, <laughs> you hate Coldplay, so it's not Coldplay. I know that. But is there is there is is there one? Sure. Mainstream. Pearl sure. Jam. I stole that from uh, Cliveson on uh, on Periscope for the record. I how about don't know if they pair well? How about Fetty Wap? They would fit in <laughs> perfect. Yep, Fetty Wap would be used. I, I, you need some. You need something. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who it would be though. I think that's that's tough. Yeah, Zach they could always they could always Zach bring Brown, in uh, somebody. Somebody said, and I didn't catch the name, but somebody said Zach Brown, and that's a pretty smart one. They could always you, bring. You, you in think the, they're uh, a big enough draw? Oh yeah, they're they're they're, they're equal. They're equal, but that gets you to the countryside a little bit more than DMB branches. Equal. Yeah, I mean, uh, Zach Brown sells out two night stands at a lot of the same venues that um, mm-hmm. he sells out. Hmm. You know, they could bring in somebody really talented and do one of their songs. You know, somebody like Bruno Mars. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, Foo Fighters, possibly, right? Didn't they play? Yeah, they're, they're awesome, but yeah, how do they pair with DMB? What's the connection? I think pairing is is tough, man. I mean, who are you going to get? Fish? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Fish Fish couldn't even play one song. And they'd be done. <laughs> Although they play one song. That's all they'd play. <laughs> they, they wouldn't finish it, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're probably missing somebody pretty, pretty obvious. Um, I mean, you know, there's a lot. I mean, you know, they could bring in Stevie Wonder, I mean, you know, and play with Stevie. You know, they could do something like that. They could they could bring in some, you know, classic oh, person like that. Joey Bats says John Mayer. There's some audience crossover there for sure. Yep. Well, and Mayer's with with Dead & Co. now. Um, so. Yep. I think Dead & Co. maybe could have had a chance if they would have done that for their comeback, but they already kind of. Did their comeback and now they're doing their comeback tour. So I don't think see them as a Super Bowl. That sometimes helps you get into the um, into the halftime so, show as being away for a little bit and then coming back. So kind of a two parter. One, do you see the band ever playing a Super Bowl? And part two, was this week's performance uh, to, towards that, or was it just you know a side stage kind of thing and with no with no eye towards the big show ever? Um, I'll, I will say yes. They will play the Super Bowl, and I think yes, this was a dry run. I think this was a test to see what kind of audience was going to pack into that place, which is in, in the minds of the NFL people that are there for the Super Bowl, not realizing that DMB fans will fly across the country for a one-off show on a Thursday night. Um, and considering the crowds, just by looking at the lines getting in the place were tremendous i think that bodes well for dmb and they still have they still have a large audience and they have people that know them and people know the songs and when a band like dave matthews band can open up a show for what is essentially a neutral crowd with a non-radio hit like warehouse and have the place go nuts that tells you people know their music okay Uh, uh, can i give my answers yeah 
Um, <laughs> DMB will not, sadly not play the Super Bowl. As, as I want it, I, I want it. And um, I just, I just seeing it's not their spot. It's just not. It might have been five years ago. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Five years ago, I was thinking it was going to happen. I mean, you got Bruce year. Springsteen, that style. I mean, it'd be great. Oh, yeah. It, I would have thought. Now it's about shock and awe. It's about making a bang on social media. It's about being talked about the next day and rewatched. And unfortunately, DMB is not yeah. going to fill that and, role. And being the biggest touring band for 20 years doesn't apparently make a dent, make a difference for them. It doesn't. And, and I'll take it, though. I. I'm, if it means I get to see DMB show, oh, I love every, it before every Super Bowl. It's a, just a it's standalone show. Screw it, I'll take the the full standalone show, whether than rather than you the know walk down, yeah, you know mixtape um, during the half the halftime show. So I don't think it'll happen. Is it a dry run? I think there's still some hope. You know, there's still some hope. I, I hope think- they don't do what they did last night, though. I really, I mean, can you see the band doing, like you said, a mixtape? It was like a rap concert. It was it the first to, 90 seconds of every be, song. It's not going to be any other way. There's no way they would do it any other way. They could come out and just do Seek Up and be like, done. <laughs> One song. Well they, well, they should just pull that Letterman attitude, just play 41. You know, ah, told if, to play a single? They, no, we're going to play this instead. If DMB played a Super Bowl... I would be willing to bet that they do not go the all hits route. I would be willing to bet that something gets in there that makes you go, "What?" Yeah, they're not not of a, from the DMV catalog. Yeah, I mean, like if oh, if they, DMV, they they do a cover with another artist of something you've never heard DMV play, but they're not they're not pulling out a non hit DMV catalog. I'm so going I'm, forty right now. Little, little thirty second forty. Yeah, if, right. DM, if DMV <laughs> if DMV played Granny at the Super Bowl. Just for example, or oh, a song like Granny. Be huge. Yeah, I, I could see Granny being, especially after this one. This one you was might see love. it on an album if they end up doing that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They could pull it off. Oh yeah. So here's the deal, DMB. When you're recording the next album that's coming out any month now, <laughs> yeah. um, record Granny with what do we say, Fetty Wap? Yes. <laughs> uh, who else did we want on it? Uh, might as well throw Beyonce on there. Um, T- Tony Orlando. Tony Orlando, okay, all right. Is Tony you know, Montana's he, cousin. If you don't know who Tony Orlando is, should I? Is he Tony an Orlando and Don and Don? Are you kidding me? Knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. Wait, that's oh a movie? my god! Oh what my year god. did that movie come out? Over my head. I am dealing with children. What year did the movie come out? Compared to you or children? What oh year did the movie come out? God. He doesn't know. He doesn't. Come on, you hospice dweller! Tell me what time the movie came out. What are you even talking about? I don't think it's a movie. Dawn, right? What, Matt? What's your answer? Do you think it's good? They're going to play, and was this a dry run? Um, I want them to play. I just think I get that feeling. It's one of those things that I want, and it's not going to happen. Uh, so no, I don't think it will. It might have been a dry run. Yeah, I mean. I think we could we could name so many. Sorry to cut you off. We could name so many other artists that would fall ahead of them. Justin Bieber will play a Super Bowl before DMB plays does. Yeah, and just like that, we could name ten other ones that are in line before DMB. Yeah. Not to be not to rain on a parade, but the, the DMB's best shot, in my opinion, is either a long hiatus and hope that people care when they come back. Uh, besides us. Um, 
or they get on there through somebody else's the main announce and they they bring them in as a yeah. you know guest my opinion sorry to cut you off man no, no it's all right and um that's really all I have to say about that. I, I agree. I'd like to see it, but sadly, as we've seen the trend, um, the direction of, of the of the artist picks is probably not going to happen. Dave can't shake his ass in, in leather pants. and, and but, boy, but boy could boy flash could. a pubic area, and that might get the tweets going. I don't know. And Ant's Podcast 57 introduces the word pubic to the podcast lexicon. <laughs> it happened. It happened. Um, one of the cool things is, uh, last mention of the Super Bowl show, is that one of the community tapers who's been taping for quite a while now, Ryan Hoyt, uh, was, was generous enough to record the show. And then turns around, it, went, you know, it was a late night, it went till you know, 11 o'clock on, at night on uh, that evening, and the West Coast turns around and gets it uploaded the following morning to the web. So um, that show is available for download, actually. Uh, we'll put the link... Um, up on the podcast uh, description page anyway. So if you want to grab the show, it's available on the Ants download, so, you know, the torrent section. Um, and uh, Joe, Joe, you, should I talk about this a little bit and then we can go to break? Go to break. Go to break tea, now. Tea. Do you know how to do a good tease? See if you could do a little tease. I suppose. Kind of a segue, a little tease right there. But yeah, so, so the show's available for download and we got a little bit more to talk about and announce in terms of the downloads. Um, right after we play this passion intro version of Warehouse. So we will be right back.
second segment of Ants Podcast 57. Again, I'm Matt, and I'm here with Jake and Joe, and uh, we hope you enjoyed that passion intro to the warehouse from, what, Thursday night show. Thank you again, Ryan Hoyt, for, for recording that and sharing it with the community. And to that point, um, we've, we at Ants, I, I kind of want to give a little bit of background here. We've always considered ourselves um, on the forefront of show downloads for the Dave Matthews Band, um, on the internet at least. Um, anybody who's been a part of the community or uh, downloaded shows or traded tapes knows that the um, well, basically it's it's a Corin slash uh, or Corin Capshaw slash Grateful Dead model of get allowing taping and then letting word of mouth and tape trading uh, to make the band popular, really get its music out there, uh, which obviously worked massively for the Dead and obviously for Dave Matthews Band as well. Well, you know, with the advent of the internet and higher speed connections uh it became time to start downloading um and so when ants uh formed we had a number of uh community members who ran ftp servers and we wrote some programs to um called site check to to check the amount of available slots on there if you remember that how about that for a throwback joe yep and um then we were able to bring what's called the shin server in and shin is a, a type of lossless compression format for audio files. Now it's been replaced by FLAC. So if you've heard of FLAC files, shins were the predecessor, essentially. Um, so we had a shin server. We had over 800 shows on the shin server. And you could click and browse and download um, for free, obviously. We would never, we don't condone selling. And anybody, if you see selling a live Dave Matthews Band show that isn't an official release, grab it and say, you can't do this. Um, and so you could download that. And then... Um, well, what about downloading a whole show? It's kind of tedious to click all these individual tracks. So we wrote an app called the Ants Downloader. Yeah, we had our own file extension, .ants. <laughs> so we had that. Um, so you could actually queue up an entire show and just set your computer to download it, which was, when you think about it, in 2003, it was quite convenient. Well, it was because, I mean, these were the days earlier it was FTP servers. And people that know that have an iPhone and can't, Think about trying to log into an FTP server, downloading a client, doing, you know, having to do retries, you know, all this kind of stuff, and have it to convert it. And the sense of digital, this was before it was physical trading, you know, tapes and CDs. Um, 
it was very it, digital was kind of the way things were going, but it wasn't easy. There wasn't a lot of access. There wasn't a lot of servers. It, you had to learn how to do it. So when the Shin server came out, it was actually like a link you could click. Whoa, that was just mind blowing. I can click a link and get a song. And then when the Ants downloader came out, and you could actually pick a show and download a whole show, you yeah. know, even then just made it so much more massively easier to do and, and Joe, um, in my research of this i was going back and reading some old threads like in the trash on the forums yeah and there was a com i was there was basically the thread that i created said the state of the shin server and we we're going on and and what point i said well you know we've got 100 to 200 concurrent downloaders and right now i'm downloading and i'm getting 35 kilobytes a second which is still pretty good that's what i said yeah. Like, can you imagine downloading a show at 35K right oh, now? People would pull their eyeballs out. Yeah. yeah, they could not handle that. Speed. But it was great. It's like, oh, that's, that's pretty good, pretty fast. It was It was definitely a time of, um, you know, the, we are pushing the trading policy and the, the taping policy and, and to the digital limits. And actually, we were very much a part of the band kind of having to address, you know, how should we handle this? You know, because that really the spirit of the taping policy was not to just get free music from the band. It was, you know, to try to build up a community. And so the band was actually actively defining their digital policy right when we were going we're kind of rules. forcing them into that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just becoming so easily available to do where before, you know, digitally, it maybe was a little bit, a little bit harder. Yeah. And there was a time that the band actually had banned that kind of, that was their knee jerk reaction was to ban it. Right. Cause they weren't sure how to deal with it. So they said, safe bet, ban all non community and enriching forms. Right. So non BNPs is the way we read it. But it, it was further clarified that we actually do um, promote community, obviously. And so we were given the pass. Is that is that how you recollected, Jake? Yeah, I was going to say at least we try to promote the community. But yeah, that was basically it because of the way that we had had structured it through the the website and through the forums. That that was obviously that fostered a community by default. Yeah. So I mean, when you look at it, I I think, and and I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm just proud of the fact that I think that. Well, on top of that, let's a little side note. Um, we also had a BMP feature on previous versions of the site where it was really easy to leverage the database and the user database to set up BNPs with other members. So we really fostered a lot of, even people who didn't have fast connections back then, hey, let me get a BNP of this. So it was it was great. Um, right, You if you needed wanted to find a show, we helped keep a database. People could say what shows that they had on CDs. And you could say, oh, look, Jake's got this show that I'm looking for. And it gave you a functionality to reach out to that person, set up an exchange, you know, and keep track of what you had and what other people had so that you could, you know, kind of help foster, again, that community side of it. Exactly. So I think Ants has really been on the forefront of, of the digital distribution and, and analog distribution of Dave Matthew Band shows for the better part of 15 years. And it's something Matt, that Matt, we're really wait, proud of. One second before you move on to the next point, just so people are clear. Because I got a feeling a lot of people don't know what BMP is. Go ahead. And, and this is better. This is better explained by somebody of your generation too. By the way. <laughs> exactly. Is there going to be a movie reference in here somewhere? Because actually, yes. Way back, BMP stands for blanks and postage. And what it originally was was back in the old analog tapes day. And what you would do is you would send somebody in the mail a, a, a large envelope within contained a smaller envelope with postage already on it, your address on it and blank tapes. And that person would then spin off the tapes at their convenience 
and send it back to you. That's what a B and P is, blanks and post. And that carried over into the digital age with CDs to the same way. And, and actually, when it originally started in analog days, the tradition was to send – basically, you were sending somebody for their trouble extra tapes. So if you were going to record a two-tape show, you would send them four tapes. So because eventually, remember, remember, know that dub, part, dubbing I, a I, tape was time-consuming. Very time consuming. It was all real time. Yep. So, and you had to have a, a double tape deck set up, which, believe it or not, was actually hard to find for a while. So, it, it was it was a complicated thing. I used to do BNPs perpetually, and, and it was time consuming. But you know, it was fun too because it spread the spread the band around, and that carried on like you were saying into the digital era into ants. So that was still going up up until you know probably five or six years ago, really. Yeah, and it, and it we had a, a function again on ants the have list and the want list where you could keep track of the shows that you had. In the digital age now, where you know anything is almost on demand, that concept kind of falls by the wayside. But um, we certainly were real proud of that feature, and it set up thousands and thousands of tape trades on ants, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So that brings us now to where we're at after the after the shin server and the ants well the ants downloader leveraged the shin server the shin server went away the arrangement that we had um the gentleman donating the bandwidth for the shin server um wasn't able to do that anymore so we kind of had to transition away from it so we brought up a torrent tracker um and whereas torrents certainly weren't as easy as of a concept to grasp for the non um it inclined uh, it's something that we wanted to try to simplify and bring to as many people as possible to still be able to spread the music and take advantage of the BitTorrent technology. Uh, it's had, uh, I would say it's probably generous to say it's had a bit of a rocky history on Ants. Um, there's been some upswing, then there's been attrition and uh, lack of attention where it's kind of decayed a little bit. We've lost a lot of shows. Uh, would you say that's accurate, Joe? Yeah, so so um, over the last I don't know couple of months, um, we've been putting a ton of work in to track down as many shows as we can, to gather as many sources as we can, and to put them on our torrent tracker again, um, with the eventual goal, which I think our goals have always been pretty lofty, but the goal is to have every known show that the band has ever played that's been recorded up and available to download. So there's no, there's, I mean, if you need a show, come get it. Cause if it's out there, we've got it. That's the goal. <clears throat> As of today, we have 1,307 current shows. The overall number assumed, <clears throat> and of course this is ballpark. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, the overall number of shows known to be out there um, is I would I would put that number at about fifteen to sixteen hundred shows. So we are two or three hundred shows short of that right now, but we've got a good handful that are still on the way up. Um, so right that's now, a, that's a, that's amazing to th- just to think about freaking thirteen hundred shows out of fifteen hundred that uh, aware of recordings that are available. You know, to get just that they're not going to be lost. You know, because I think that's. Uh, you know, maybe a worry if, if it's not currently available that um, if you've seen torrent sites for other mu- music or just whatever out there, at some point after a little bit of time, it dies. Right. And if you didn't you didn't catch it when it was there, you're gone. So 
I think being able to say offering up again more shows than have ever really been available, especially on ants at least, um, is in near thirteen hundred of the the fifteen or so. It's, that's impressive. And, and the goal really is to never let that decay again. At the very least, I have a nice fat connection at home, which is very fortunate, and I personally have a copy of all of these shows when I'm seating them on the site. So even if everybody else drops off, the goal is at least we'll have me seating those shows. So um, it's not an Ant server, but consider Ants hosting them pretty much. So uh, it's really cool because on every single uh, torrent thread, when you're going there and you're going to download the torrent, there's a small little embedded YouTube video that if you're new to torrents, you're not sure what to do. How do I download this show? What do I do with these this torrent file? Just watch that embedded video right there in the thread. It'll tell you how to do it. So there's really no excuse. If you want a show, you can download it and you can listen to it. It's pretty cool. Yep. And then join the discussion. Talk about it. And as always, thank the tapers because we wouldn't be able to do this without the uh, without the tapers. And always can use additional tapers out there because I think each year we've talked about it. Uh, one or two shows or more gets missed, um, unfortunately. So um you're willing to um, make the sacrifice, and it is a sacrifice, and that's why we're so indebted to the tapers. Um, the community will appreciate you. And if you see a taper to show, at least buy them a beer. At least say thank you. At least and, and offer to buy them a beer. And if they don't take it, the offer is nice, and they do appreciate that. Um, a couple other things about the torrents. Um, if if you are somewhat technically inclined, um, there are things called RSS feeds. We support them, and and every tour that comes out. On our download section of our site, we'll put up a big link to um, like the summer 2015 tour RSS feed. If you if you had it in you to say, you know what, I want to grab and listen to every show this tour. All you have to do is take the address of that feed, copy that RSS link into your torrent client. And anytime a new torrent goes up as part of that feed, which it would on our site, your torrent client will automatically download that show. So you could technically subscribe to it like you would subscribe to it. A TV series on your DVR, and as soon as it as soon as it goes up on the internet, you're grabbing it, you're downloading it, and you're sharing it back to the community. It's a really cool, easy way. Um, and there is actually um, frequently asked questions on ants too uh, regarding RSS feeds. So um, keep that in mind too. You do well to to subscribe to it, and then you can get your share ratio up too. And one other cool thing, we did it once years ago and it was a huge hit that show had been downloaded over eight thousand times but we're going to bring back in the spotlight which is aptly titled and jake is going to be curating once a week a show that is interesting for one reason or another and tell you why that show is interesting and why you should download it and then we'll give you a link to download it right from the site so um this week we are going to be posting uh news articles i think on like a midweek kind of thing just to keep the 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 content going and fresh but um this week jake you've already picked out our our uh, show right uh yes it's actually a very unique show also it's from 1994 and it's from march 8th 1994 um if that sounds familiar to you out there you may recall that there is a very unique song that's only been played once there and at the time for a brief time it was actually called sister and this song appeared before the sister that we all know and most people don't love that's out there today. It's a completely different song, completely different everything about it. 
So go check it out. And, and actually, the whole show is really good. The whole show is just a fun, nice little show. It gives you really kind of like a snapshot of what the band was like right before they made it big. And this was early before they made it big, kind of like in that last year. But this was still when they were playing smaller venues. And it's from Fox Theater out in Boulder, Colorado. And an original version of DMB2 sets. This is true. Also, that's back when they used to when they used to do the two sets back in 94 was the last tour up until 2014 when they did the two sets. And what's interesting about that, Matthew, is that back in those days, the closing songs for the sets were they weren't the same every night, but they had a couple they used to close with quite often. And one of them was the song that they closed uh, this show with three, eight ninety four, And that was true reflections. True reflections used to be the set closer for the first set. I always mm. thought that was interesting. Sort of like the way it ends on that, the all band. Well, the guys that sang it's down deep inside you. And with that, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. And that, that used to be their closer. <laughs> oh, I thought crazy. you were saying it in relation to this podcast. I thought you were trying to dump to a, another, another segue. No, I'm not that advanced. <laughs> <laughs> so this show sounds pretty badass. How do I? How, so what's what for those that haven't done this before, or how do I check out the Spotlight Show? All right, so um, we're going to have a news article up about the Spotlight Show probably coming on Wednesday. You're you're probably listening to this if you're not on Periscope right now on Tuesday morning. So we're we're going to be putting a, a link up on the front page tomorrow. But if you are uh, listening and not wanting to wait for that, you can go to antsmarching.org. And right along that top bar where all the navigation stuff is, there's a nice big link that says Downloads. Boom. Hit it. And right to your right is a little box that says In the Spotlight. And it shows you all that nice stuff right now. And the only link right now shows um, a link to the date. And that brings you to Tour Central. So now you're looking at the set. You're looking at the album breakdown, the show flow, um, all kinds of cool stuff about the show, attendance and whatnot. Um, at the very left side of that, under the timeline, you see a little downloads box. There's a little icon there that shows a green arrow. You can grab the torrent file right there. If you felt inclined to discuss the show, there's a link for source of info and discussion as well that will bring you right to the thread on the message board where the actual torrent file is attached. So there you go. It's not too bad. Just find that little torrent file, download it into your torrent client, and away you go. It'll start downloading. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so cool. So, yeah, so we got a lot of shows, and look uh, for this summer's tour to be um, hopefully up and available uh, pretty close to when they're released on the Internet, and then we'll we'll have a whole lot of people talking about some awesome music nonstop. So with that, we will move on to Joe's section of this podcast. Um, we've got a, uh, another episode segment of DMB Vote. Why is it my segment? Why can't it be our segment? Because it's Just been a dumpster it, fire so far. Exactly. <laughs> in case it doesn't work out, we're going to blame you on it. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this on the last podcast. Let's say, hey, let's do a better job with doing the vote. And we didn't. And did you got? Did you vote? Did you? Did, was it better? I didn't see that picture until today. Yeah, it's because I didn't send it out until well, today. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just couldn't, we couldn't, I couldn't find the right day to send it. So, um, so um, we took a step backwards. Um, I'm posting it uh, as a step forward. But the step forward we took this week is we did put a poll 
on the front page ants in a structured manner. Um, oh, so that, th- by the way, for the people listening right now, how bitter was that tweet about the structured poll? I, I, that was very. That was not bitter. That was that was grudging. No, no, no. That was very friendly. That was very inviting. Sarcastic. No, not sarcastic. No, none of those things. But anyway, last week's song was uh, "Long Black Veil," and uh, we had five songs to choose from. Um, and I would say the choices were very, very much focused to two of the um, two of the versions. Um, here are the versions, real quick. Listener supported one from Concert Vault, one from CBCO or excuse me, KBCO, one from The Gorge, and one from DMB Live. Any guesses on which two were the popular ones? Um, I'm going to guess Listener supported was certainly one of them, and probably the. Probably gorge. Gorge box set, yeah. You are correct. Those were the top picks. We did have a couple of obscure shout-outs. Um, PMAG78 decided to vote for the KBCO, so he was a um, a one-off. Lone and um, Alex M. Brandt uh, divided to vote for – oh, no, excuse me. He voted for D, uh, which was the Gorge. Uh, there was another person um, that voted for a one-off um, out there too. But those were the top votes, um, and the winner – Wait, wait. I was, I was going to wait. I was going to wait. I wanted to see if you picked up on it. Uh, the winner was listener supported with the most votes. It was a close run. Gorge was pretty close. Actually, the Gorge won on the website. Uh, had the most votes on the website. But um, Instagram and Twitter skewed towards listener supported. And um, Facebook actually pulled a, a, a Yeti, pulled a mat, and abstained from the vote. So, <laughs> so yeah, I wonder why because they didn't know there was a vote because someone didn't just post anything for the podcast. Um, but um, yeah, so I don't know if you guys had any picks. Uh, I was kind of torn on who to pick on this one myself. Um, I, you know, I was down to listener supported and um, concert Volt I really wasn't that interested in. Uh, it has actually a Boyd solo, which was a l- little bit different for at least from these live releases. Um, you know, the others didn't have the Boyd solo like that did, but I just didn't like, I didn't like it as much. Um, the Dave and Tim DMB live, I thought sounds really, really good. And it's a, t- it's a close pick, but I think the full band or the Dave and Roy, um, really make it. So I was stuck between this was support in the gorge. Roy solo on, on the gorge is really, really, I love it. Um, oh, yeah. but actually you'll be, and, and I thought I would never vote for something that had the ladies in it. Um, I really don't. Really could skip the ladies. You might be surprised. I like Butch on listener supported. I think it makes it funky and oh, makes it. I, I know a lot of people got sick of Butch. I, I I thought he brought a lot for a good chunk of the time that he was touring with the band. Yeah, I, I it just it, it make it it makes it sound good compared to the other versions. It just adds adds more to it. Makes you kind of bounce in your seat. Um, so I went with listener supported. Did you, did you guys have any votes at all this time? I um. I don't actually like this song that much, and and the reason that's I don't not, like the song that's not what this vote is about. The reason I don't like the song much is because Dave chose this song as a tribute to Johnny Cash, and the prolific songwriter Johnny Cash that he was did not write the song. And that he admits be, that he admits that, that I know, but that would be like somebody making a tribute to Dave Matthews and playing Watchtower, and <laughs> that bugs the living hell out of me. However, um. I 
actually like I actually don't like listener supported very much at all. I, I do like the Dave and Roy um, version from the Gorge. I actually like the Dave solo one from the uh, KBCO one also, but I, I think I would have to go with the Gorge box sets of, of my favorites. Close call. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a tough pick. Matt, do you want to hear about what our song is for next week? I would love to hear about what our song is for next week. So we... Oh, you got something, Jake. No, I was just, I'm laughing already because it's just the funniest thing. <laughs> You're already laughing. Well, we put it, we put in, we put, we set up the giant song generator. We pumped it full. <laughs> energy. Imagine, and, imagine the lotto like you watch on TV with the balls in the basket or whatever. That's something I, like that. The air is blowing it up and then some of the, right at the top of that tube. And then Joe takes it out looking like Vanna White. Oh, you don't see that on the Periscope? It does not have me on the Periscope? You don't see that? Yeah, I've, I've literally been spending my nights writing DMB song names on... Um, ping on pong ping balls. balls. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so the first what ping pong ball that came up was... Okay, no drum roll there. Uh, no just, drum roll for this. Okay, all right, just checking. Um, was gas into fire. Now, I will admit... I had to remember if Gas at the Fire was even a DMV song, which it is, or maybe you wouldn't call it a song. Jake, do you know more about Gas in the Fire? Me after my chicken the, dip last night. This is actually a great little piece of music. This is from uh, the Warehouse Disc, which was uh, Warehouse 8, Volume 8, or Warehouse 5, Volume 11, back uh, about four years ago. And the entire disc was made up of songs that had like little intros into them or something like that. It was the same disc that had the um, old dirt Hill intro into why I am. It had the everyday fake into Halloween and it had this little piece of music that was called gas into fire that went into what would you say? And it's just a little, it actually got played three or four times with just some chords and that happened to be the longest of it. And Dave, uh, just made up some lyrics to it. It's a, it's actually a pretty little piece of music, and it's unfortunate it didn't go anyplace. But it's <laughs> got one little release, and it's like a minute and twenty seconds. So yeah, and the one release means can't be part of the song <laughs> series because there's not much fun voting for only one release. So I said, all right, that ping pong ball goes to the beer pong set, <laughs> and we'll draw a new one, and uh, draw a new one, and the new one is number 40. Ooh. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. There's actually, I, I tried to quickly pull the list, and I don't have the full list because number 40 has kind of appeared on a lot in, a, in the partial form. And I know it's kind of a big dispute on uh, what's what's 40 partial, what's 40 full, how many lyrics does Dave have to do to be considered full. So I, that, that will be my task to try to, come up with the full versions of number 40 that have appeared on official releases and we will put that out to vote. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So sure could be some interesting because, and normally number 40 has a lot to do with the venue. So we'll have to see if people can, you know, take out the venue atmosphere sense of when number 40 got played um, and just try to focus on the song, the version of it. So, well, Joe, we I missed it. Are we uh, are we debating what's going to be votable? Not this mo- not this moment. But yeah, I need to. De- there's act. Okay, from my quick count, there's like something like 
15, 10 or 15 versions of 40 you're have, that is. You're going to have to call that down. Well, yeah. That's what I, yeah. So we'll get down to the full versions, not the teases, not the partials, not the aborteds, not the whatever else Dave did with 40 and the interludes. Um, we'll, we'll get it down to ones that can be considered an actual version of the song. So say the ones that are over two minutes, you know, kind of sense. Cool. Um, those will be the ones and, that will And are vote. you going to do a better job this week, Joe, of advertising that there's actually a vote? I, I, I do a good job every well, you tell, I do a good job every week. Secondarily, Nick DeCiccio on Twitter. I hope I said that right. I'm sure I didn't, Nick, but thank you for the, uh, the tip. There's no current way to tell what song the poll is for on the front page. Now, he's guessing Long Black Veil since uh, one choice is Dave and Roy. Good, good eye on him, right? Because he, he identified I, I the song. I thought of that. I, I got distracted. I meant to go back and put that in. I actually thought that, too. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, that wasn't in the title. So, um, my bad. All, no, all good. <laughs> all good. You're forgiven. The flockings will commence, though, later on tonight. <laughs> Ready and waiting. <laughs> So with that, do you want to get on to uh, listener questions? Listener Let's support, do it. All that kind of stuff? Let's do it. All right. So our ever-present Will Sinclair, and we love the questions and we love the support. He wants to know some important stuff right here. Now, straight fries or curly fries? Also, red vines or Twizzlers? Mm, I'll go curly fries. I mean... Yeah, I go curly fries and I'll go Twizzlers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm on that bandwagon. I think after having Arby's curly fries as a young boy, I was ruined on regular fries for life. And my my what I postulated to my parents were why can't they make all fries taste like curly fries, curly or not? That's always been baffling. You've ever had a straight fry taste like a curly fry? Why not? Hmm, that's 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 good. It's wow. Tr- it's true, right? That's deep. Business <laughs> idea right here. I, I don't know what the deal is there, but yes. Uh, also, Red Vines are the devil's candy. It's shite. It's terrible. It is a sorry swing and a miss at imitating Twizzler. It's garbage. In fact, I won some Red Vines at a company event today, and I promptly gave them away to my coworker's daughter. You want this? Take them. <laughs> Passing on diabetes. Red vines are horrible. So you thought so much of your coworker's daughter that you gave her something you... I know she'd like it because she's from out here. They don't have taste in anything. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, do you have a preference? Um, I'm going to go straight in Twizzlers. Yeah, I knew you were more of a straight fry guy. Could figure actually, I I like curly fries, but I just want to be different. Just to piss off. I thought you'd be. I thought you'd be advocating for like circus peanuts or some other candy from the '60s. Oh, circus peanuts were the bomb. Awful. Do you remember the remember the awful. Reggie bar? Oh, the Reggie bar was awesome. No, but circus peanuts are terrible. Oh. Terrible, Jake. Come on, terrible, oh. terrible. I have a question. Yes, it's not supposed to burn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> then I don't have a question anymore. <laughs> um, pod question favorite uh, Boa thirty four Q Jake Larry Boa Larry Boa. Um, says, hey, Ants Marching, um, making my first trek to the Gorge this year. What are some must-dos while out there? Hashtag Ants Podcast. So, Jake, have you been to the Gorge? Uh, no, I've, I've heard of it, though. Okay. And Matt? 
I have. It has become my adopted home venue since moving out west. And then I have been there too. So I guess, Matt, what would you say for a Gorge first-time goer, which there may be a lot this year, being that it's the end of the tour, what would you recommend? Or do you need to think about it? Mm. I'm going to think about it. Can I, can I right. let you go? Yeah, you can let me go. I think, you know, two. I can think of three things. All right, here's, here's number one. Number one, on your drive into the Gorge, um, there's a great uh, out, uh, overlook, um, and I don't know the road, and I don't know if you know it, Matt. It's right after you go over the river, over the gorge, you're getting near near it. Um, there's a monument of wild horses um, that is up on a hill, and you can pull off, you can go up, and you can take some very scenic views um, from on top of where this monument is, the wild horse monument, and maybe there's another crazy, crazy a name horse. For, crazy horse, thank you. That was uh, thank you, uh, Josh DMB fan on Periscope. Um, and so, um, that would be one. Um, number two is when you walk into the music venue, let's say the gorge for your very first time. It doesn't even actually matter if it's your first time. You need to do this at least every time you go to the gorge, you're going to come, you're walking into the gates. You're going to walk down a path. And there's going to be this decision point. It's a why you need to turn right or you need to turn left. Your urge is going to want to go right because left is up a hill and you're like, I don't want to walk uphill. Mm-hmm. Go to the left. Walk up the hill to the left, and you will come to the crescent at the top of the lawn, overlooking the entire music venue and the entire scenic view, and you must, now, must, must do small, that. You, Joe's absolutely right. Small spoiler alert. On the YouTube, on Ant's YouTube page, if you go to YouTube and look for Ant's, it's, we're there somewhere, I think. Um, last year, we periscoped that walk in that hill crest, actually, live. So if you can't make it, there you go. You know, right. You could totally do that. And so we posted it to our YouTube page, and it's a beautiful evening that it, that it happens on. So if you want a spoiler alert or you're not going to make it, definitely uh, check that out on our YouTube page. And and you actually did the my third and final one. You actually periscoped up also, but I don't know if it's available for looking, is you must get in while the sun is still above the horizon, and you get to see the sun set behind the gorge. And it's absolutely awesome and beautiful. And you get a couple different scenes of the gorge. It's very bright. And then once the sun is kind of below the horizon, there's this like cool, like dark shadow lighting. It's still pretty lit, but it makes everything, the gorge, just more detailed and more graphic. And so those got to make sure you stop at the wild horse, the crazy horse on the way in. Get there, walk up to the left of the, the Y and go over the hill and make sure you get in with enough time to see the sunset. Those would be my three um, those must-dos at the gorge. Really, really good, Joe. Um, I'll add, you don't need to camp. That's up to your person. That's not something that the gorge offers special. The camping experience, I don't think. You know, If you're into camping, camp. If you're not, don't. What I would say is go for a str- you know, take a couple hours aside and go for a stroll through the campgrounds. Uh, I think it's a really unique, chilled, laid-back atmosphere. But the campgrounds are so vast that it really will take you some time to go through. And then, of course, look for the ants' flag if you do. Because um, there always is at least one ants' flag up there, people partying. Always a good group of peeps um, hanging out, for sure. Um, Other than that, I mean, wear a sweatshirt to the show. Or Mm. bring a sweatshirt to the show. Because it might be 75 or 80 degrees during the day. But that... Walk back to the campground. It's cold and lonely, and you're going to be sorry that you wore flip-flops and shorts. Trust me. Uh, that's a good tip. I wouldn't call that a must-do. Well, maybe it is a must-do. 
Yes, it's extreme temperatures. You'll be hot during the day and you'll be freezing at night. Prepare for both. Pack both. Pack wisely. Yeah. Jake, do you have a question? Uh, I do have one. It's from um, CK Magic, which with an IK at the end. He asks Ant's podcast with the hashtag. Since I started listening to your podcast, I've heard a lot about songs you don't like. But what are your guys' faves? Question mark. Joe, what are your faves? Well, with anybody, right? It changes changes with the uh, the seasons, the mood, and the year. It probably makes a good point. We probably do talk about the songs we don't want to hear versus the ones that we do. Um, I mean, I obviously, I'll I'll take anything that hasn't been played to death or recently. You know, some I, I like to hear something new, something mix up. But if you want to talk about one of my favorite, you're gonna you're gonna hear me say "Seek Up." You're gonna hear me say. Dreaming Tree, you're going to say Spoon. I, I just, those songs, I just can get fully involved in and just really disconnect, and that would be my favorites. Matt? I, I Dreaming Tree by far. Um, I, I can't, I mean, Dave's written some good lyrics, for sure. I don't know what it is. I, it's almost like somebody else wrote those lyrics. It's, it's on such another level compared to the rest of the music he's written, the lyrics he's written. It's just unbelievable. Um and that kind of goes to another question that'll be coming up, but I would say a dreaming tree, a seek up, um, a good last stop. Right. Um, and, and maybe like, uh, um, Oh, the stone, of course the stone. And I would go like to early or mid nineties, Nancy's like that. Nancy's warehouse on red rocks is just sublime. I love it. So mm. a good Nancy's too. Really different kind of song, you know? Yeah. I'll, t- I'll add the stone too. Yeah. yeah, that's freaking good, Jake. Yeah, I, you know, I think um, Uptown Funk really catches me. That's that's <laughs> one that really. <laughs> he doesn't know what that is. It's not even funny when he doesn't know what that is. They played it at the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, Knock Three Times is fantastic. Just really, just the just the feeling of the song. Tie a yellow ribbon. Oh wait, that's Tony Orlando again. Sorry. No, that's the Sienna's fight song. Joe knows that well. You didn't get. You didn't get. You didn't get either of us on that one. <laughs> Um, you know, you know what I, you know what songs I really like. I, I I really like "You Never Know." I think "You Never Know" is is borderline brilliant. I, I just really like that song. I always like Shotgun. Been a big fan of Shotgun since the beginning. "You Never um, Know" has got a good emotional payoff. I, I yeah, I just think that song is just so well written. Mm-hmm. I I really really like it. Um, you know what song I, I as vastly as as quickly climbing my list of songs that I really, really like. And, and it really doesn't get played very often, but I really like Broken Things. I really think that's a good well, song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just think that song's so unbelievably underrated. It's almost forgotten. There's there's a couple songs from from Away From The World that I, I think don't get enough credit because they're new and it's not cool to like the new stuff. But I really think Broken Things, The Riff, and Snow Outside are really, really good songs. Mm. Joey Batch just said Raven. It reminded me. The Raven yeah. on Busted Stuff. The Raven on Lily White Sessions is trash. And maybe the only song I think was improved on, on Busted Stuff. Kit Kat Jam also. But I love Raven on Busted Stuff. Raven's a great see, song too. See, I love the original Raven. And I, I actually love them both. But I, I really – I like the original Lily White version one too. The lyrics it, are just too depressed. Uh, no, his his voice is too disinterested for me. 
And see, I'm, I'm neither with you, either of you guys. I'll, I'll pass altogether. I don't need either version. See, I, lo- I love Raven. And, and, you know, another song from now that you mentioned it from Lily White Sessions. I mean, I could listen to Monkey Man almost on a loop. I, I, That's always I, been one of my favorites. Yeah, I since the first time I heard it. And, and actually, the original Big Eyed Fish. Oh, they butchered that song after that yeah. first. Oh, it's turned into a glorified intro to Bartender. It used to be it, this haunting, it really has. beautiful. Boyd was great on it. And now he sits there and plucks his GD violin. I can't believe it. Yeah, but the the original was just I mean was literally chilling. It yeah. was just just uh, just a, a masterful performance, and like you said, it's just yeah. it's not what it well, used to be. You know, to that point, it's interesting, and I've gone back and listened recently to some of the Lily White sessions. Listen to how dead his voice is on that album. He doesn't want to be there. Does yeah. not want to be there. I know what you mean. Like, a, well, I think that's. That's I, something we've talked about probably twenty podcasts ago. Was you know even the love song is depressing. You know, yeah. Captain. You know, it's Captain's going along and it, you know gets to the course. He's kind of like, yeah, why well, should be happy about a long life? It's like yeah. what? Where'd that come from? Yeah, it, it's it's really almost tough to listen to knowing what we do, knowing what we've learned about it all. Yeah, it's it, it's true. It, it is, and and it's and it sucks really because it, if you ask me my favorite album. I, I would say the Lily White Sessions, with, without even hesitating. I, I, I would, and I know that you know everybody else is before these crowded streets yeah. for the most part. But I, with without even flinching, to me, it's Lily White Sessions. Hmm. I've oh, probably Big listened Eyed to Fish that had, thing more had, than I think. Big Eyed Fish is probably the best song on that album, though, in terms of in terms of the cohesiveness and the emotion of it. Probably the best song. Uh, Monkey Man's nice, but it's meandering a little bit um, and a little loose, I think, where Big Eyed Fish is ready right there. Because I think that song fits his mood the most in, in those sessions, so that was probably the most real song they put down. Good point. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Gray Street was good. I mean, I thought JTR is an awesome, awesome tune also. Yeah, that, um, actually, that's, a, that's another one that I could hear pretty much every show yeah um i liked it earlier rather than later i think they got a little funky on the corn section around 2010 that i wasn't too crazy about but overall jtr is still a, a big favorite of mine yeah, yeah I, I think that's probably what they'll play at the super bowl halftime show <laughs> with, 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 with santana because he played on it he plays on it good point there you go well we got one last question uh, Let's hear it. A couple of them, actually. I don't know. Anyway, Kevin Blaze. I like, I like this other one, by the way. Let, let Jake, Jake got the final question. Y- yeah, so let's do two more. All right. So I'll do. So Kevin Blaze asks, will I hear Help Myself at one of my five shows this tour? No. Well, he should have he put his five shows because we could make it happen for <laughs> him. How, how are we supposed to Kind of boxing yourself happen? in, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, come on. It with the program, yeah, I, mean, I say no just because I like help myself. I do too. I know, oh, you do like it, Matt? Yeah, I like it. Okay, You're not I going to hear it. That album. I, I I thought that was one of your ones that you weren't too crazy about. Um, no, no, I like it. I, I we caught it at um West Palm a few years ago, right? Right. That's the only one I've heard live. I think that's but, probably true for me too. Yeah, I I've I've always liked help myself. I've always been a been a fan of it and. Uh, you know, I wish it would get a little more uh, rotation. I'm surprised it hasn't with the horns 
because it really kind of plays into that. And and if I'm not mistaken, Dave did that with with Dave and Tim and Rashawn out in Vegas a couple years ago. Seems like it just sort of fits in there. I've gotten it four times. How the hell is that possible? Wow. I got it once in 2000. I'm going to make sure they're not a tease. Nope. Once in 2003. On that tour, it was played 11 times. Um, notable, it was played right before the only performance of the tour of Loving Wings. Of course, I got it. That's <laughs> SPAC. Hold on. We got we got a, a news update. Uh, uh, he's going to be at SPAC, Camden, and I think the last one was Bristol. Was the last one Bristol? So will those five get help myself? Yes, he's going to get it in Bristow then. Ooh. Well, you're going to get YAM in Bristow. They, they also played it 16 times on the 2004 Summer Tour. Do you remember this, Jake? I got it twice that, that 2004 Tour and then the 2008 Tour, which was the first of the two times they played it that tour. I didn't realize they played it that often in 2004. Apparently wow. so, yeah. I'm just double-checking to make it's, sure that I only have one. And it's I historical do rarity. One. Basically, since the song debuted, it's been played at less than one out of every ten shows that the band's played. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty I mean, it, it doesn't sound that high. It doesn't seem that high, right? Mm, it seems high to me. That's what I'm saying. It, it seems like they played oh, a lot oh, less. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and, it, but it, it was very much heavily weighted in its early years. That's, um, that's past, a true point. past ten years, Pretty dead. Um, yeah, so, and it did not make the the studio cut. Did not make BTCS. That's correct. Uh, yes, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and yes, uh, we got that in West Palm Beach, and that was night two of the first Ants Party. Oh man, what a what a night! That was the 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 uh, the first Ants Party we had back to back parties there at the PGA. I can't wait for the Seville one. That's gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a that, that, those, those, <laughs> We're going to drop that right when they drop the shows, right? Oh, wait, we're, we're, dropping, dro- it. we're dropping we're, it before they drop the show. We're not recording anymore, are we? Oh, crap. Oh, oh shit. Damn it. <laughs> All right, one more question. I actually like this one from uh, Joey Bats 5 and I don't remember us getting to this last week, but this is a, another question that comes up quite often, um, and it says, Alpine Night 2 2012, the opener was labeled Little Thing, and I considered it and another thing. Hashtag Ants Podcast. Why? I know there's well, a I know there's a good reason for this, and um, I'm blanking on on the on what there's something changed over the life, and then from that point, because I know we had some devil, right? Well, basically, what happened was they took little thing that already existed as little thing, and when they put it on some devil they just changed the name of it and i know that yes there's slightly some differences to it and some people have made the case that the only time and another thing was played was actually when dave played with the blue man group and that version he performed that night sounded almost exactly like the album version of and another thing but since the beginning the band has always called the song little thing even when Dave and friends were not on tour. It was little thing. So anybody's ever played a guitar and played it. It's literally the two chords, one a mirror image of the other as you hold it on a guitar. That's all it is. Just, what are the two chords? What are the two chords? I don't know what the chords are. I know where the fingers are on the guitar, and it's Mirror like it's like it's like fret five, six, seven, and eight, and it's on the E string. That and it goes boom, 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 and it's the it's just like a little cascade, and you reverse it. That's all right. that song is. 
So basically, it's every Neil Young song. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or any Dave song. Well, no, I say any Dave intro. Dave Dave intros seem to be that way. Intro it's almost songs. like a warehouse too. Warehouse does a similar thing. It's a it's a neat little song, but that's the story behind it. Really, in in, in the live Dave Matthews Band world, there is no and another thing. I wouldn't be surprised it's if I don't know if it was legal, thing. Jake. Do you think it could be legal or just hey, this I'm writing new songs here. I'm not I'm not going to take uh, it's Dave Solo slash Dave Matthews Band tied song and put it on my album. I'm going to do my own version of it and call it something different. I I, I don't know if that's really the case. I, isn't I, that I, isn't that what happened with Santana's? With we were talking to JTR a second ago, but then he he, he released the Revelator. Yeah, he re- he set it out. He spelled it out. It was a much different song back then. Actually, he renamed it. They he called it "Rain Down on Me," oh, which which nobody was... ever called it that, which right. is another frustrating thing. Because back in '99, it was called "John the Revelator." I actually saw a John. I saw it twice in in '99 with Santana. Wow, oh. and it was called would John that, the Revelator. That, who's that writing chorus? Yes. Oh, that's and cool. I, I saw it in Foxborough. I saw it at Giant Stadium. So yeah, back in the day, that's what it was. That's pretty cool, Jake. That's a that's a nice that's a nice catch. Yeah, that's like something I'll never hear again. I I heard "Love of My Life" twice. Oh, I love it. I like that song a lot too. By the way, I I kind of yeah. I never really it, it it didn't bother me. I didn't I didn't love it as much as I loved at the time John the Revelator, which I thought was a better song. But I, I kind of dug it. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was mellow, and it was. I, I was surprised that nothing really happened with it. I, I kind of thought that was the song that was going to carry on a little bit. Well, and it, I, and it yeah, I thought "Love My Life" was going to be a big hit. I mean, it was Just, a hit. It wasn't huge. Yeah, it was. It was it a was single good. off that album. I, I believe you are correct. Yeah, I think it was the third single. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, that Rob Thomas song just just railroaded everybody. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, it, it was really too good for the album. To yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. It, we it, just found it, a we found a new Super Bowl co- collaborator. <laughs> <laughs> That's Orlando's own uh, Rob Thomas, by the way. All right, good. Where is that? We're adding him on. So, Tony Orlando. Great... Yes. <laughs> it's a, that's his son. <laughs> Rob Thomas is his son. <laughs> You're gonna know so much about Tony Orlando after this. You're just I'm gonna read up to on the him all forwarded night. links to my email account. We should have made this second half of the podcast drink every time Jake mentions a movie reference that goes over everyone's head. It's not a movie, it's a band. Tony Orlando and Dawn. Well send me that link if you can get your email working. <laughs> yeah. Let, I'll have to talk to the admin guy. Yeah. Uh who would that be? Uh-huh. Joe. <laughs> oh man. Well do you guys have anything else to mention before we uh tune out for the night? I think we're good. I think we're good. I think uh, I'm happy with uh, the Super Bowl DMB show. I'm also happy that there were no ladies at it. Uh, so um, I think um, we can live on a good high until we have to wait till Wichita happens. Yeah, we gotta. It's gonna be tough. I mean, uh, in the meantime, go on Ants and download some shows. Listen to some of these shows. You know, get get yourself geared up and in the mood to to listen to some Dave Matthews Band live music again. I like it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get this spotlight show. There you go. And and don't forget to not vote for number 40 until like right before the podcast because <laughs> Joe doesn't put the link up. Or he'll put it up on the main page and not tell you what song you're voting for. Well, we want to, again, thank all of our Periscope viewers for watching hanging with us. And we know it's late over there on the East Coast. And um, Jake's got his warm glass of milk and his afghan over his lap already. So we know how you guys are feeling. <laughs> 
Yes, cheers. Cheers to the next one, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you again. We'll, we'll be recording on Sunday night next week, normal time. So hang with us till then, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.